Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us as we continue our family Bible studies in the Gospel of Matthew. Today's episode is number 447. And the reason I'm emphasizing that right up front is that we're going to offer a free scripture handout of the various verses that I'll be using today as we look at Matthew chapter 11. I have a lot of other verses from different parts of the Bible to go with Matthew 11. And then next episode, 448, will actually be a part two of this. We're going to be looking at what I consider perhaps the most important subject of any subject anywhere in the world about any topic, including any subject about the Christian faith. We're going to talk about knowing God, knowing God, not knowing about him, but absolutely knowing God. You know, I have had some unique calls. I've mentioned this in the past because it really did kind of make an impression on me. I think he he was an accountant called me and he wanted to pay me an accountant's fee for my time if I could explain to him why all of his older children have abandoned the faith. And he's a very committed uh, Catholic dad, uh, tried to provide everything he possibly could in order his kids could grow and be educated in the faith, and they left. I can remember getting another call from another father, and he was actually representing a group of families, Catholic homeschooling families, who, again, did everything they could possibly do, including sending their kids to very expensive Catholic colleges, providing them every opportunity they could think of, and their kids left the faith. And they're asking me, what did we miss? Is there some kind of ingredient or whatever? Well, today is that topic. But let me warn you, it's so simple that it's not obvious. <laughs> In other words, people really appreciate very complicated things. And I don't mind complicated things, but sometimes things are so subtle that you think, well, that couldn't possibly be it. Well, the reason I'm providing you the scripture handouts and by the way, to get a scripture handout, you just say episode 438 and send an email to at gmail.com. That's easy to do. So let's take a look at our passage. Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. Yea, Father, for such was thy gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Unforgettable words by Jesus. And this is one of about three unique passages in the New Testament, in the Gospels, that are a peek into Jesus's relationship with his heavenly Father. And a couple of things should should just jump out at you as we look through this passage, and I don't know if you heard any inflections in my voice, but five times in these few verses, Matthew 11, 25 through 29, five times God the Father is mentioned by Jesus. And this is a peek into his relationship with the Father. And two times we find the word know, knowing God. No one knows the Father except the Son, knowing God. And it speaks about that the knowledge of God is is A, hidden from some, and B, revealed to others. And you would just think, well, this is the easiest thing in the world. You just open a catechism or uh, an encyclopedia or Google it or go to a class or something and obtain facts about the Christian religion. You got it. And this passage is, is saying something different. It's saying that to some people, this is hidden and others, it's revealed. And Jesus is saying to those, you know, Come to me. You know, this isn't like uh, Gnosticism, like a super elite knowledge. No, uh, this isn't the higher up knowledge. To get this knowledge, you have to be humble. That's the key to be either hidden from knowing God or revealed to knowing God. And why is that? Well, Jesus is saying, For I am gentle and lowly in heart. He's the one that's humble. And if you want to know God, you have to know Jesus. And if you want to know Jesus, you have to have that humility of heart and come to him and asking him. Now, just how important is knowing God in the way Jesus is describing? Now, this may shock you. And and tell you the truth, this is a favorite passage of mine, but it still shocks me when I read it. It's from John chapter 17. In verse 3, again, this is Jesus speaking to his Father. In verse 1 of John 17, he addresses God as Father, and then he says this, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Here it is again, a peak inside that relation between Jesus and God the Father. Here we have again the key, a prayer to God the Father, five times in Matthew 11. Here it is again in John 17, and it speaks about knowing God, and this knowing God is eternal life. I didn't make this up. This is exactly what Jesus said. And You know, one of the things I love about, I used to watch the Olympics before they got politically correct. But in any case, you know, one of these Olympic events where somebody 
just does an utterly fantastic job. It's like a 10 out of 10. The person knows it, the crowd knows it, the judges know it, and it just lights up a place when that happens. Well, when I turned to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, when I first opened it up, turn to the prologue, which is like, okay, this is <laughs> this is going to start this thing. And a good author, by the way, doesn't try to hide what everything's about in his or her book. All right. Well, the Catechism is a very good book, and they're not wanting to hide what it's all about. And when I opened that prologue to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it was 10 out of 10. It was a perfect 10 absolute perfect 10. And what was it? Quoting John 17, Father, this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, a pretty easy to understand reading of this verse is that inheriting eternal life depends upon knowing God. Now, it doesn't say knowing about God or knowing facts about God or having an abstract knowledge of God because this is Jewish, this is in the, in the East, not in the West, and in the East, to know someone implies a vital relationship. And so parents and grandparents I have three things to say to you if you're a parent or a grandparent in the 21st century. Number one, for your children or grandchildren to inherit eternal life, it's imperative that they know God as Jesus describes. I'm not saying they know a lot of facts, religious facts and other facts and different types of religious instruction in classrooms and such, but they have to know God as Jesus describes in Matthew 11 and John 17. And the catechism, the whole catechism opens with this, knowing God in this way. So number two, the probability is high that without such a knowledge of God, your children and grandchildren will wash out of the faith. Yes, to the accountant who contacted me, the group of parents who contact, this is it. This is a missing ingredient, and it's not like you have 20 things uh, to uh, mix up in a bowl to make your special dish or something like that. He needed a, just a little pinch of something to make it all work. No, this isn't a little pinch. This is this is like a double Mack truck. This is the whole prologue. This is the opening of the catechism. This is how Jesus says we come to know him. This this is huge. This isn't a little minor thing that we add to all the other things we often discuss when we're trying to keep children faithful. And then number three, many good Catholic parents are mystified why their children who have been given opportunity for learning the faith in Catholic schools, Catholic colleges, classical education, home schools, parish youth groups, retreats, and they end up turning their backs and leaving the church. Here is a huge, huge 
key because it's not knowing about God, it's not being exposed to certain ideas. Those things aren't wrong, don't get me wrong. But the key, the key to knowing God is this humble approach that Jesus is speaking of that actually is not a lot of striving. It says, you know, come to me if you're heavy laden, you're, you're burdened, and you're restless. If you're looking for rest and peace in your soul, this, this isn't something complicated. It's just the opposite. Now, there is a real danger that some Catholics view others as like, man, that person, he or she is guaranteed to be in heaven. And I've even heard right here in Greenville, some Catholics described as super holy. Now, let me tell you what Jesus said about some really super holy people that can do miracles and prophesy and all kinds of other things. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, which we just covered, Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. In other words, they've made a confession of faith. And did we not prophesy in your name? In other words, they were outstanding. And did we not cast out demons in your name or do mighty works in your name? And I'll declare to them, this is Jesus saying, I never knew you. Depart from me. So, (laughs) anybody who's super anything Catholic, I fear for their salvation, and I am not exaggerating, okay? Uh, The person who comes to God and, you know, I am not worthy, (laughs) Lord, that you would receive me, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed, coming to God in that uh, utter open simplicity and humility, uh, God will greatly receive you. So let's, let's get down to knowing God, and specifically, Jesus seemed to be pointing at knowing God as Father, obviously along with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but in particular, it seems to be getting to know God as Father. And to do so, as Jesus mentioned, Matthew 11, I think all we need to do is reflect back to the Sermon on the Mount, something we actually emphasize in Matthew chapter 7, when Jesus was speaking about asking in prayer, it'll be given, seek it, and you'll find it, knock, and it'll be open to you. And then he says, but which of you, if his son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And there's a parallel passage to what I just read in Matthew 7 in the Gospel of Luke. And perhaps Jesus had the Sermon on the Mount spoken of, uh, the general teaching, and more than one occasion and the Gospel of Luke records how much more will your Father in heaven, rather than saying give good things, gets very specific. Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Now, 
this is where it gets really rich. In fact, uh, if you would ask me to go to your Catholic school, uh, I would do two things. First of all, I would ask for an honorarium. And the honorarium would be that your students would have to bring their own Bibles to the class that I'll be speaking to. And then number two, I'll be talking about Romans 5, 5. To me, this is utterly essential because apart from this, I don't understand how you can know God. Remember, I just told you we have to go know God the Father to really know God. And the key to knowing God as Father is to receive his gift of the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 5 summarizes this. It says, hope does not disappoint us because God's love, and in the context here, it's speaking about God the Father. God the Father's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. St. Augustine quoted this verse over 200 times. 200 times, it, it, more than any other verse of the Bible. <laughs> this is so incredibly important. You want to know why Christianity transformed the pagan empire into a Christian one? And perhaps why a Christian culture is being transformed into a pagan one? Perhaps it's missing this. What first century Catholics had the universal experience of. God the Father's love experientially poured into the hearts of believers through the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about religious goosebumps. I'm talking about something that the Holy Spirit brings and touches the core of your being. Now, this might be essential in the first century to make it through uh, living in a pagan culture, a pagan empire, also with uh, uh, the Caesar's persecutions upon Catholics. But it's also necessary in the 21st century. This is what made Catholics tick in the first century. It can make them tick in the 21st. And it's not something that's uh, really optional. This is, this is an experienced reality in the lives of believers. And I'm giving you another scriptures because I'm giving you scriptures. By the way, you don't have to buy an expensive book for this. You already have it in your house, probably several copies of it. It's called the Bible. Uh, the promise of the Father in Acts chapter 1, which is actually a repeat of Luke 24, Jesus said, don't depart from Jerusalem, but wait, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, John baptized with water, but before many days you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is this promise of the Father. It's the means when the Father pours out his Holy Spirit, according to St. Paul in Romans 5, this is the Father's love. This is like molten lava poured into the core of your being and transforms you starting from the inside and working its way out. This is the core 
of Catholicism for surviving the first and 21st centuries. Now, you go a little bit further in the book of Acts, you have the first sermon by the first pope on the day of Pentecost. St. Peter stands up and says, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received the from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, which has poured out this which you see in here. This was going on in Pentecost. And Pentecost is the idea that the Holy Spirit is the Father's promise because of what Christ has done. He ascends into heaven and the Father sends back this gift. And this gift of the Holy Spirit, which brings a knowledge of the Father's love and for his son Jesus, is what it means to know God. Now, are there any prerequisites? Okay, there's no mandatory classes and all that type of thing, but there is a prerequisite for receiving the experiential love of God the Father. And again, I've spent time on the phone with parents and they just think, no, 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 we get this. We know that God loves us, really? Do you really think the majority of Catholic teens and young adults today know in the core of their being that they're loved by God? Or is there a certain restlessness? Or do they think they have to be on a certain treadmill doing certain things and keeping up a certain speed on that treadmill in order to keep God's love? Because that's what's called faith burnout. Now, the prerequisite to Romans 5.5, having the love of God poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which God the Father gives, is Romans 5.1 and 2. Okay, in other words, the context of Romans 5.5. And again, St. Augustine was not only exceedingly brilliant, but he put his stamp on the center of Christianity and what characterized the city of God, what made it different from pagan Rome. It was the love of God. The, the city of God was the city of love. The other city was the city characterized by self-love. But in order to have the experience, the transforming experience, you need to have Romans 5, 1, and 2 which reads like this. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. Now, this might seem incomprehensible, but in my experience, the vast majority of Catholic youth are not living this prerequisite and are thus missing the love of God being poured out in their hearts in a life-transforming experience. What do I mean by that? Well, it says we're justified, we have this righteous relationship with the Holy God by faith. Now, Steve, what about all the good works we hear about? Aren't we supposed to? Absolutely. We are supposed to do good works, but that comes after we've had the encounter 
by faith, not good works, by faith coming into a relationship with God, then, you know, you're nuclear powered for good works. You're not on a treadmill burning out. And in today's world, you just burn out younger and faster than what you would in previous generations. We're not living in the 1950s anymore. And it also says we have peace with God. This is what Jesus was talking about. Come to me, those who are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Learn about me. You'll find rest for your souls. You'll have peace with God. It's, it's like you're in a relationship. You know that God loves you. It doesn't mean that everything in life is rosy, but it does mean you have that core going on in your life. Now, if you can have God's love poured in your hearts, and you know this is the promise of God the Father and that he loves you, this can get through almost anything. And Jesus said that this is actually hidden from the wise and understanding and yet revealed to babes. You know, one commentator that I read, he said that this only applies to religious leaders of Jesus's day. And you know what I say to that? Pure baloney. Do you know that knowledge, knowledge about God, even lots of it. Uh, St. Paul said, and St. Paul was another genius like St. Augustine, but St. Paul said, knowledge puffs up. And you got to be careful with your learning because if results in pride, the knowledge of God that Jesus talked about, knowing God will be hidden. No matter how bright you are and how much you think you know and how many books you've read or conferences you've been to, it'll be a hidden thing. And what I want to do in our next episode is for you, mom and dad, using this key to choosing a school, a youth group, a camp, a sports team, or a scouting group. But just remember, at the very best youth leaders in the universe their names are mom and dad. So for you to start with these scriptures, we're offering you a free handout. Start with Matthew 11 and getting to know the hidden God. Come to him in humility, meditating on his word and realizing there's a way of knowing and loving God way beyond the ordinary. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 447 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.